0: Just an old Ferengi love song, playing on the audio device. And wrapped around the music is the sound, of someone promising they'll never go. You'll swear you've heard it before. As it slowly rambles on and on. No need in bringing M back, cause they've never really gone.
1: Alright,
0: <laughs> hello!
1: And welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the best show to do gross ear aliens, I guess, and, uh, I don't know what else to say about this one. Uh, <laughs> my name is Wade Bowen and with me as always is James Nolan.
2: Hey guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got a little Chiku in there and <laughs> Hugh Crawford. Hello. Hello and yep we're just talking about some Old Ferengi love songs
3: guess, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's the name of this episode, unfortunately <laughs> It's episode 20 of season 5 It originally aired on April 21st, 1997 And here is the brief IMDB description Quark doesn't know whether to be panicked or overjoyed When he learns that his mother is the new lover of the Grand Nagus What? what? Yeah womp womp all right, guys. Maybe I don't like Star Trek. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I actually have less bad things to say about this than the other quark. Episode, no, but I, no. This, this, this is this, this this quark episode. I understand the purpose of this quark episode, like because he actually says it at the end. <laughs> right. Talks yeah. About how many, Right. So I understand it, and we do get some cool Jeffrey Gomes stuff. But I'm just tired of. I guess I'm just... It's just tired. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've s- said
1: before, like, fringy episodes, you either love them or... Or you tolerate them. You don't love them. <laughs> I, or even if you do love them, sometimes you get tired of them a little bit. Maybe sometimes... Are you a little tired of this? Are you... Um. Do you... I... Um, I don't... Man, oh, I... You could not like
2: the... something, Wade. No, 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 like no. This
1: I think if I'm in a... This, this felt like a movie for children. That's just what it felt like. It felt like a kid's movie.
3: <laughs> if there wasn't so much fucking and, and prenup arguments. Right. <laughs> what kind of fucking kid movies are you watching, Wade?
1: Like the peanut butter solution. This is what this movie felt like to me. <laughs> a what? weird-ass kid's movie with Star Trek the original series sets <laughs> the goofiest of dumb original series episodes that's what this felt like
3: yeah, this was yeah, a I slog it... for me guys i had to yeah. s- i started and stopped this one like three times over the last week i had to go about 12 minutes and be like all right that's enough of <laughs> enough of this yeah
1: like i found a way to enjoy this one but like i feel like the last couple of weeks i've been like fighting you guys like on what like i i still think that kira that Dad episode was, I still think that episode's pretty good. I'm not going to fight anybody that did not enjoy this episode. <laughs> it's like, if it's not for you, it ain't for you, man.
2: Yeah. So here's the, okay, so I'm reading, I'm reading this. I had some thoughts. Okay, first off, the first thing I have to say is that I think I've used as a merit of what's embarrassing about Deep Space Nine or what's enjoyable about Deep Space Nine is what if I had to watch this with my father? Oh, Yeah. I've used that as a method before. Well, actually, it was Memorial Day weekend, and he came down, and I had to watch those episodes. So. I bet he liked
1: it just fine.
2: Or did he? He kind of did. He laughed at more stuff. I mean, but he thought it was like a cartoon. I mean, but it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. That's Yeah, it's like, you know, for kids. And so then I'm watching, like, you know, my dad's of a certain generation. My dad likes Bugs Bunny, and my dad likes... Like, this shit. And so so then we're, uh, so I'm reading stuff about it on uh, Memory Alpha, and then it goes like, Ira Stephen Baer didn't ultimately like the episode, even though I think, did he write it? Yeah, him and Hans Bellmer. Hans Bemler. Bemler. And then he was like, "Well, I saw it all together, and I just realized it was so much jokey jokes, and it was filmed like jokey jokes. And then it's, uh, Armin Shimmerman's like, well, how are we supposed to play this shit, Ira? Like, you only wrote jokey (laughs) jokes. You had. And like, that's what we're going to do. And (laughs) Rene Arborgenois, who directed it, was like, I directed it like a cartoon because you made a fucking cartoon about <laughs> slug people who were like falling in love with each other. And it's kind of, you know, what it, what it, what some of this is like a tone thing. It's like, what do you think you're doing? Yeah. And that's what I think is like, did I receive a bear not know that this is what, when you write a string of frog people? Rubbing ears and and forgetting things, like you got a Mr. Magoo Frogman, and then you go, right? You know, and then you have like a like a cartoonish businessman. Like, what are you gonna do? But
3: here's my thing. I'm gonna tell you what you're gonna do. You could show this exact same episode, but somewhere after a real heavy ass one in season six. I feel like Mm -hmm. we just got done with one of these episodes. Yeah,
1: like two episodes ago. Yeah, this felt like an episode of Elf the animated series to me. Oh shit. <laughs> Though I will say again, well, not again, there's surprisingly little uh, jacking off of the ears in this because, you know, it's for kids. I was
2: actually, <laughs> when, you, when you made a reference to that, I was like, there's not a lot of that in this. I was like, not
1: really, yeah, no. Yeah, thankfully. No, because yeah, it's for children, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, mm-hmm. but I mean, quark has got his Marauder Mo action figures.
3: Should we do this one by the numbers? Let's see how. Like, what was the opening scene on this? Is this where it starts with Ram and Lita and talking about the prenup, or
1: no? It starts off with um voles. It it starts off like you think it's going to be a heavy episode because it's like a war zone or something. Oh like yeah, it. it's been war. It's three days there, and O'Brien's been in there, and we thought we got all the voles, but they left a couple a couple that were married, I guess, (laughs) and kept having kids. They reproduce like tribbles, he says, and Dax is like, but they're not as cute, (laughs) you know, for kids. (laughs) Uh, And then they 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 fill in like the exposition of like you've been so down in the dumps since you got blacklisted from the Ferengi Commerce Association, and it starts off heavy. Like Quark is like in a dark place. He's like, I wish I was dead.
2: Mm-hmm. I hate
1: my life, <laughs> you know? And then his his brother comes in with all this, oh, brother, I've got this great news. It's going to make you so happy. I know. And, and it's just like, I'm engaged. And,
0: We're getting married. Cork is like, oh, I wish I was dead.
1: I don't want to live. <laughs> I wish I was dead. And Rom gives him the you know what makes me, when comforts me when I'm sad. And it gives him a boy's best friend as his mother
3: spiel. It's a totally normal thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: You know, when I feel low, the one person that loves me unconditionally and blah, blah, blah. And Lita, at first you look, you think they're going to sell the scene as like Lita's upset because she thinks it's going to be her. And then they just don't ever. Or I thought that. But then it's like, you know who it is. And then they cut to Ferenginar. He knocks on the door, and Moogie opens the door, and he's like, "Moogie, hold me! (laughs) Because... Moogie. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Hold me. And then, yeah, and then we cut to credits. Another thing I feel like I've... We've been bringing up, in the last few episodes, we've mentioned our Star Trek boner jams, and I forgot... Which mine obviously was, apparently, was... uh,
2: Andrew and Martin.
1: (laughs) Andrew and Martin (laughs) as Mickey. We ain't. We don't have Andrea Martin Moogie in this one.
2: Oh no! So it's. Um, I gotta tell you, I think that she's better for the role. Maybe it's not a. It's not a very like. It's not a showy role anyway. I
3: think like. Yeah, she takes it down. She takes it down a notch. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean Andrea Martin was overqualified to play Moogie in the first place. So. I, I do
1: agree with that.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
1: Andrea Martin is a, a treasure. So.
2: Uh, so maybe, maybe bringing someone a more a bit more low key to the party.
1: I You thought this was more. Low key performance because it
2: From what what Andrea Martin was doing, yes, yes, yes. From what Andrea Martin,
1: I don't know, they both feel pretty over the top to me. I don't know. Well, I mean, Uh. it's a relative, I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah. This
2: isn't a Duplass Brothers movie, well, exactly. That's yeah,
1: I think I prefer Andrea Martin. Though I will say I do prefer the makeup. Oh yeah, yeah, they didn't. Because Andrea Martin's makeup was fucking gross. Yeah, <laughs> they
3: got this. They got the makeup right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. They find that
2: was it was disgusting. Sort of. My dad was like, "My mm-hmm. contribution to this podcast is going to be things oh. my dad asked me." I wanted to. was like, "What the fuck's up with their faces?" And I was like, "Well, they're bug people." He's like, "I get that, but like, like <laughs> the Wallace Shaws <laughs> looks like an old nutsack," and I was like, "Yeah,", yeah. and then I said. Their ears are their erogenous zone, so I think they ran with that, and old people have saggy ears. <laughs> and so
1: You should have seen them before, man.
2: <laughs> and so he was like, that's gross, and I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, you're getting off light in this episode. Yeah, yeah. explain Because yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I was like, oh, man, I don't want to see old people fucking ears, you know? Yeah. And they, they're pretty demure, because they're making an elf cartoon. <laughs> True. You know, for kids.
2: <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Yeah, there was yeah, so yeah, the makeup was okay. Um God, this isn't like <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Like I guess the B plot well, we haven't even fully described the A
1: plot, but the B plot is Rom and Lita are engaged. This is a consequential episode. Their engagement is announced,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and it hinges
2: on she's got to sign this. Yeah,
1: they're like they're all like Rom. You're not a traditional Ferengi, so good job for getting Lita. And he's like, "What do you mean I'm not a traditional Ferengi?" He's like, "Well, you know, a traditional Ferengi could never be with a non with a woman." That's not a Ferengi. She's a,
2: she's a thick-ass hot lady, and you're a you're fucking right. slug yeah. <laughs> you know, up
1: with your shit, Ferengi bullshit, and he's like, what do you mean? Like, well, I mean... And so he gets a chip on his shoulder about being a Ferengian, and tries to get her to sign a P or a prenup. Mm-hmm. At the <laughs> beginning, he's he's learning Bajoran poetry, like, come to the palace without malice, carrying a chalice, and carrying that sweet spring wine. And they're just like, oh, is she learning any of the Fringy rules of acquisitions? And he's like, no. And why not? And then he gets a con, he gets a chip on his shoulder about realizes yeah.
2: his life. He gets emasculated, and then so then he forces her to like uh. sign this ridiculous fucking contract, right? That like means that she can't work. Is that right? It's a
1: W P and P, which is a wages of prosperity and profit. So she can't. She can't earn any money, and any money she does have, she has to give to her husband when she gets married. Mm-hmm. And she's
2: like, fuck you, I'm not doing that. And and hilarity ensues. Which then makes me ask the question throughout the whole conversation. And I know we're not supposed to dig too deep on the uh, questions about the post-scarcity society, but do they pay Rama a wage?
1: <laughs> well, that's... The th- yeah. I guess So isn't well,
3: she the only one that's actively earning money at this point? Right. Po- that's why I think at the end where they... He gives up everything, like gives up his life savings, uh-huh. and right. they have nothing. It's because they have nothing, right? Yeah.
1: Well, like he's got his money, I guess he saved in the bar, and he's got his shit taken care of, and but you know he's a Ferengi, so he's holding on to his meager f- fortune. Yes. And, and even it, and she's like, "Well, a wedding, a marriage is about sharing everything, even your money." And he's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's wearing the dumbass uh, Bajoran earrings. It looks really <laughs> potentially stupid
2: on a Ferengi. Right?
1: It's, I don't think they look dumb on everybody. It else. makes it
3: for a good visual gag. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And that, yeah, that that is a that's fine. And then um, he's like, "You're just like my first wife,
1: whose name they mentioned before, but he doesn't say it this time. Mm-hmm. You're just out for my money." And she's like, what the fuck? You don't have any money, you dumb shit. I'm the only one that earns any
2: money around here. (laughs) Right, and then
1: eventually he gives up all his money, and she's like, well, you know, we can cover the B-plot all in one, I I
0: think.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, hit it. It was the best part of this episode, for
1: sure. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, because he's going to, O'Brien is playing the guys, like, look, man, you're going to fuck up your life because you're not going to get better than Lita, and everybody knows that, and... He's like, well, I'm gonna be a good Frankie. And um oh yeah, that we get we get a rule of acquisition.
2: Yeah, yeah. You. Rule, yeah. We get you
1: this is the actually the second rule of acquisition mentioned in this episode, but it's part of the B plot. Where he's like, Well, females and finances don't mix.
0: Rule ninety-four.
1: And he's like, you just my my first wife or whatever. And yeah, and then he's counting out his fortune, quote unquote, when O'Brien comes in for his Techno Babble spanner or whatever his tool is, and he's like, "I've I, I was going to give her like half of my money to sign the agreement," and then O'Brien's like, you, "You're really fucking stupid because after she signs it, she doesn't have any money, right?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, that won't work." <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, what you said, let and he's like, "Latinum's so hot and smooth, isn't it beautiful?" Yeah, and O'Brien is like, "Yeah, well, your lust is a lot more fun." Yeah, letting them last forever, but. L- Lust is a lot more fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. Then he goes and he says, Lita, I'm so sorry. And he, I gave all my money to the Bajoran orphans fund. Because we have to... That's the thing that they give every time they need to make an altruistic gesture. They give to the orphans of Bajor. Yeah. And Kira gave him a kiss. and. Yeah, like, she kissed me. And now all we have is our love. And Lita is like, well, that and all the money I make from the bar, because I'm the breadwinner now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then they make out, and it's like super hot, and then it pans above, and Miles and Julian are leching out on the balcony watching. <laughs>
2: sexy, sexy.
1: Yeah, and being creeps, and like, ooh, look at that. Now, And Julian gets his one scene of the episode, because he's contractually obligated,
2: like, oh. oh yeah, yeah. He pops in like this like at at the end for like to do basically nothing.
1: He has one line, he's like, Well done, Chief. <laughs> or should I call you Cupid? And yeah. And mm-hmm. then that's it. Yep. And that's the B plot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and then I guess what? So the a plot basically uh, there's this cute little uh, farce moment where Quark goes into his closet and, and Wallace Shawn and Tiny Ron is in his right, closet, right. and then he runs right. away and he's like, "They don't hear, they don't hear!" And it turns out that right. <gasps> Wallace Shawn is fucking not uh, Moogie, uh, Moogie, not not, not not Andrea, Andrea Martin. Martin. Yeah,
1: yeah. He shows up and she's like, "How could I refuse you?" You're my son. And Quark is like, oh, yeah, that's right, Moogie. So you'll get butt naked for me.
3: Then you'll remove all that unnecessary clothing?
1: Because Frankie's are gross.
2: Yes,
3: that is. (laughs) Yeah, my my
2: dad my dad was like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> and I go, I go, don't don't. <laughs> I was like you should have seen
1: when he was on his neck. Na- yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, like you should add. have been there when he was in her cooch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, his face is all like rubbing up against her. Yeah, <laughs> She's like, I'll pre I'll pre chew your gray worms for your tube grubs for <clears> you. <throat> and and then he goes to his closet and's like, "Where's my Marauder Mo action figures?" And uh, there's a negus in the closet. <sighs> Yeah. And we get another rule of acquisition. The first rule of acquisition of this episode that the Negus gives them is like sometimes the only thing more dangerous than a question or should I do it in the Negus voice? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry,
3: everybody. <laughs> do, you, do you have one?
1: Sometimes, the, the only thing more dangerous than a question is an answer. <laughs> rule
3: 208. I thought the rule of acquisition was uh, was sometimes you have to do bullshit guest spots on shitty sci-fi shows <laughs> to fund your plays. Right. <laughs> That's We're <what> in
2: love.
3: <laughs> Just because I'm a <laughs>
2: socialist doesn't mean I don't have bills. <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh so yeah, Moogie and the Negus are met at the Global Tongo Championships and he was in the Golden Master Division, and she was in the female division in the sub basement, and he I won for the twenty-seventh year in a row. Um Yeah. <sighs> And they've been writing letters, and now they've been in, now they're in love. Is the
2: problem with this episode is that it's the confluence of all of the dumb voices. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it's, uh, there's no normal-ass- <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Quark, I'm just so glad had-
1: <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm starting to get on, I'm starting to be obnoxious to myself. <sighs>
2: <laughs> yeah, like, so, like, this, okay, let's just, let's just get through this. Okay, let's go through this, <laughs> yeah, let's. Um So what happens is this confluence events where Brunt wants to break them up and offers Quark. Quark loves this idea because now his mom's fucking the, the, the president. Oh, yeah, he's like, wait, the Grand Nagas. Can- and I liked that term because I felt like that they were going to set you up for the... Quark doesn't like the man who's fucking his mommy, but it turns out that this is old Quark, Quark that I like, not Quark that's conflicted over dumb things. But uh but, oh, it's the same quirk. Uh We can have this argument later. Yeah, but like, <laughs> this is the like the Quark that is like ah, you know, like this is all 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 in my favor, and right. so he's super into. They it. They did the exposition at the beginning that he's lost his fringy business license, and now he's like, I can get it back. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him struggle so much without having his business license for for a half episode. Yeah, it's, Um, well... So it's really impactful. (laughs) I'm not going to argue it's been perfectly... It's really impactful that he gets it, but, like, the stakes are so high.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's a thing I need. Yeah, these, like, that last Ferengi episode, they're back into episodic mode, too. Like, at the beginning especially, they're piling up all the exposition you need for this episode. As a serialized show, I agree... It doesn't work the same way that a good serialized show would work nowadays. But what they're doing now, they're piling up this backstory so it can air in syndication. Especially now at this point in this season, it started off so strong. They're like, okay, we're into the syndication season. Let's we have to pile up all the exposition at the beginning of the episode. They did that last episode with Kira and the callback to Second Skin. That didn't. If you watch it, it doesn't make sense the correlation between the two but you're not meant to remember it as much as they just are going to lay down the groundwork for just to get this episode kicked off and they do that with this and they did that with the last Ferengi episode where they're just like oh you're so you're depressed as shit because you lost your business license and you're poor as shit though you're right sequentially it doesn't really make sense watching episode after episode.
2: Yes. uh, His losing his business license is his equivalent of Worf's Alexander. (laughs) You remember that it's an issue when you need it to be. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: I was going to say it was just, it's like Odo losing the ability to shapeshift. They really squandered an opportunity there they just like, oh, yeah, that happened, and now we're just going to fix it without really dealing with it.
2: I feel like with this, it's one of those things where sometimes, you know, as a, as a longtime comic book fan, continuity is sometimes made out of the dumbest decisions. <laughs> but I think they probably just needed a capper for that episode that they wrote between, well, yep, you know. That's exactly what and Blunt. Yeah, and then like they didn't, and then they were like, "Well, we got to stick with this." Yeah, and then they didn't have any ideas for it, and so then it just languished. And then they needed it for a half a second for one episode <laughs> of two weeks ago. Fuck. And then like, the, then they're like, eh, "Let's just solve it in this episode." Right, right. And we haven't we haven't called Wallace Shawn back in a while. Right.
1: Yeah. Let's get all
2: the yeah. It.
1: And we know we Jeffrey Combs is good for it. We know he'll show up.
2: Yeah. So he yeah. yeah so he sits in and enjoys it. So. Yeah, and I mean we have all of the Ferengis, don't we? Like this is all of them. We don't well, have except for except for Neelan, whatever the fuck. Ga- is Gala. Yeah.
1: Wait till the magnificent Ferengi is an episode later on, which then we'll get all the
2: Ferengi. Oh, uh, we even get Lek, who's a bigger deal, and later. Yeah, we'll get Nog,
1: and and I think that's the one with spoilers. I think that's when Iggy Pop shows up. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe you didn't love this episode, but. That episode. <laughs> this, you know what Iggy Pop
2: would have made this pretty pretty good. Yeah. So uh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Where are so, we? At? Yeah, where are we at? You're gonna um, have to edit out all of our
1: uh. <sighs> Yeah. Okay. Hooparian Beatles Revolution. Okay, the basically the Negus is Quirk is going to break up his mom and the Nagus because the Nagus will not give him his business license back because even his mom is like, yeah, you fucked up when you didn't Die Because he he got his business license revoked because he broke a contract because Brunt was going to, like, you either let yourself die or you break a contract. So he broke the contract, lost his business license, and even his mother and the Nagus are like, well, you fucked up. That was the wrong thing to do. So the Nagus won't reinstall his business license, but Brunt shows up in his closet, which is the cartoon monster in my closet. I in this episode that kooky things ha- show up in Quark's closet in his childhood home and even the the subtitle said were of transporter the first few times i was watching this like why does everybody show up in his closet that's just where they transport to whatever who cares mm-hmm. but brunt is going to if he breaks up his mom and the negas brunt will reinstate his business license so Quirk is like wait a minute you want to make my mom all sad why should i do this and and he's like i'll, I'll give you your license back he's like oh okay sure Like you said, this is old Quark where he doesn't give a... Yes,
2: which is fine. I liked that. I liked old Quark. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Quark acts ridiculously out of character just to keep him from being intolerable in this episode, so... <laughs> oh, okay. Um, there was perhaps too much plot in this episode. Yeah, <laughs>
1: the, and they moved... There was a lot of plot in this, and they talked fast like a fucking Gilmore Girls episode. Except not was good. They did. They
2: did. And I... <laughs> yeah, and I think it's probably because it was like... It was equal mixture of too plotty and too jokey. Yeah. like yeah. It was like a... It was like the Looney... Mission Impossible Looney Tunes version. It was like...
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> Brunt is like, do, you got to break up your parents. And, and Quark is like, why should I do that? You revoked my Ferengi business license. Like, well, I'll give you a new one. And then without a beat, Quark is like, okay, yeah, sure, fine. Okay, deal. Mm-hmm. And then he, he goes to the Negus and says, my mom is a shady bit. <laughs> 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 do, do you heard all those rumors about my mom? And it's like <laughs> about her making profit? Yeah, she gave up all her money. It's like, oh, that's the rumors are that she didn't yeah. and that she didn't get into all that back and that she's... Funding political revolution. And he sows discord with the negus and world domination by a female. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My mom is a whore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom is a money whore. And slug stakes. And he's, he's jacking off his ears with a vibrator. And she's like, uh-huh. the battery's dead on that vibrator. What are you yeah. doing? That?
2: Yeah, that was what, yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> off topic, just to keep keep our spirits lifted. I don't know, like of the Toys That Made Us Season 2 of the Hello Kitty episode, they spend five minutes talking about a Hello Kitty vibrator.
3: <laughs> it's pretty weird. Is that season out yet? Yeah, it's out. You should watch it. It's Hello Kitty <laughs> Transformers.
2: Star Trek toys, which we should probably yeah. <laughs> we could build for a preamble. And shit, something else. Oh fuck it. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh
1: and then he's like, uh Quark is like, you don't understand what it's like not to earn profit. And his mom's like, fuck you. No, it's worse for a man. <laughs> yeah. For not for a man, for a male, because is saved male and female. Yeah. And then she's like, Quark, you're a manipulative, self-centered conniver. And he's like, thank you, because that's a compliment to Mom Ferengi. Mm-hmm. Back in the B Plot, they threw Martok in the brig for throwing a guy over a balcony. Quirk is, oh yeah. I mean
2: that's solved. Oh, that's a that's a c plot that's just they just talk it through. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah. just like
1: a walk and talk background, and then they could come up on Rom crying. Yeah. And then Kira and uh, Lita have a quick scene where, cause like, oh yeah, they're both Bajoran, they're friends, right?
3: <laughs> and it actually just, made me wish that Kira had like like a light hearted conversation with Lita more often. Mm-hmm. Right, it was nice like all he loves
1: is Latin, I was like no he doesn't, cancelling the wedding was the best thing that ever happened to me, no it isn't I'm so glad he, uh, he's out of my life like no you're not, it's like you're not listening to me, yes I am and that's now how I know that you're in love with him and then she cries and and then it Lita's sobbing and then it cuts to the A plot where Moogie is sobbing because the negus broke up with her, and Quark doesn't even feel bad. This is old Quirk again, where he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I'm so sorry." And she's he's packing, clo- he's packing up to leave, and she's like, "You're just gonna leave again?" And it's like, "Well, you know, you know, there's other slugs in the sea. You'll be all right, Mom." Uh, and, and she's like, "You spent all you spent all morning gelling grieve worms, and I can tell you that your conscience is bothering me." and so he's like I don't need anyone. It's like okay, fine. I'll go back to the bar. But he's been made first clerk to the Grand Negus and that's an opportunity. <laughs> that's an offer you can't refuse <laughs> to go back to the first Negus episode where they're making Godfather references.
2: And that's where he realizes that the Negus is fucking crazy. He's not
3: crazy, he's just dumb as shit. Not crazy. He just has a degenerative brain disease. (laughs) Ease up, James, on the judgment of those those afflicted with. He's
2: Ron Reagan. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, that's right.
2: (laughs) Not tiny Ron, but
1: Ron Reagan. Yeah, yeah. he can't even remember his pin code and his access code. It's three seven four one five five or one five four. No, it's one five six. Because he's like, well, tell me, tell me the name of the next petitioner, and it's Damon. I, Jill who's got a duranium and should he put his money in duranium on the open market or the futures exchange and there's been an increase of 7.3 quarters and he can't remember number and he's and he's bad at math and Cork does a big gulp because he realizes that he fucked up oh and the latinum lasts longer than lust was rule 229 of the rules of acquisition just to get that out there. We mentioned it already. Yeah. From the B plot. Uh, but less is more fun. Oh, and then he buys the turtle penis. We forgot that from the B plot too. Oh, uh, yeah. I he buys jumjaw sticks because the bar's closed. I
2: guess she's working the
1: the turtle dick
2: station. <laughs> <laughs> Does she ban the turtle dick station too?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And he's like, actually, I hate eating turtle penises. It's like, yeah, I get it. Uh That resolved. And they cut back. Yeah. And then the exchange is down. They had a big stock market crash. The Ferengi market exchange is down 199 points because he comes home from being the first clerk. And Moogie's like, you had a bad day, didn't you? And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I did. And and she's like, well, did you try jacking off his ears? <laughs> it helps, your, it helps <laughs> focus him. Right. It's like, I'm not going to do that. Like, Which
3: might be the most autobiographical line Iris Stephen Bear ever wrote. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it relaxes a lot of us. Uh, it helps him focus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it helps him focus. How do you
3: think this script got written? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of masturbation in this. I need
3: shit. an idea. I need an idea. Yeah. Let's close these blinds. I just got to clear my mind for a second. All right. I got to quit stroking this pink goatee and stroke something else. <laughs> you got to
2: remember, this was the first... These guys were all getting the internet around this time. <laughs> and this is the first time that not only was uh, was the internet speeds were getting fast enough, that you could theoretically download free porn movies. So Videos. Oh, remember? Yeah. Yeah. You got to get your porn...
1: <laughs> it's not like when we were in high school, when we were just trying to find naked pictures of celebrities.
3: Hmm. So is that why this, this show got correlates with the improvement over time yeah, like the, with the, <laughs> the they
2: clear heads they we're, <laughs> right. we're going to talk
1: about this uh show deep space nine as a transitional mm. mode of television when people were jacking off more efficiently through mm. video pornography on the internet yes
2: yes Uh, we seem sluggish let's uh let's stop doing this guys i just
1: gotta clear my head a little bit come in first (laughs)
2: we run focus now we're all sluggish we need to like let's cut it out for a month let's see what we can do it's gonna come in with
1: a fresh mind open you know i'm relaxed uh yeah we don't
2: have any women or people of color on this (laughs) right on this writing staff anyway right
1: yeah, we only get DC Fontana to freelance. She's too big she's big time to, at this
2: point. Yeah, and Hillary um, Botter left for Voyager. Voyager, so, yeah. Where, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Have we gotten to the action figures part yet? Uh well the first
1: time he goes to the closet, he's like, Ma, you gave away my Marauder Moe action figures and, and then he finds the Negus. Then after She's like, did you jack off his ears? He goes back to the closet and Brunton is there. And we get another half of a rule of acquisition. It's not given a number, but he says a Ferengi without profit is no Ferengi at all. And, and then Moogie says, the rules of acquisition won't help you now. Because you're fucked. I it's like, wow, that's that's heretical. Hmm. But um, When you
2: lose your Ferengi business license, the rules of acquisition no longer apply to you. <laughs> right.
1: Well, but she's saying that the ROA won't help uh, the slide, that the negus has gotten him into. There hasn't been a slide like that since the grand negus Smeet, mm. who was the only one to be assassinated while in office. And Brunt is like, well, yeah. They what happened to his first clerk? I believe they buried him together. Mm. And then the big scheme of Brunt becomes apparent that he knew about Mugi the whole time. It's. If he can throw the negus under the bus, Brunt will become the next grand negus. Yeah, because the FCA board of liquidators have questions. Uh, and then Brian is like, "My daddy would be so proud." And then he's like, "Why are you picking on me?" And this is where we get the grand arc of the series. This is the important part of this episode for the arc of Quark and even the whole Ferengis and the entire Deep Space Nine. This is where you could argue this is an important episode.
3: Oh, Christ. You're probably right. The sad thing is, I know what you're going to say, because that's when, at this point in the episode is when I personally, during my watch, perked up. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this shit is about something. It means, oh, uh, pay attention. This is going to mean something. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, go ahead. And wait, I'm sorry.
1: Well, first, like Mookie is like, you betrayed your friends and family for personal gain, and Quark is like, well, it sounds so great when you put it like that. Mm. But he feels he feels bad. He's like, oh, man, I've been hanging around humans too long. I'm developing a conscience. And this is like he can't be the same way he was because being around moral people and the Federation and the cultural influence of being around better people is...
3: It's been coming for a long time. I fought against it. I really have. But living with those people, day in and day out, being exposed to their ethics, their morality—it's like I've been brainwashed.
1: You know, I fought against it. I re—he's like I really have fought against it, and he has. He's like, it's like I've been brainwashed, but I can't be a good Ferengi anymore. Like, I've become a moral person because of the community that I'm a part of, and I feel like. That is almost what Star Trek is about.
3: Is yeah, and they, wouldn't that be cool if that's what we could be about? It's so
2: important that they've stated it in three in the last three Ferengi based episodes. <laughs>
1: Well, you reiterate your points. Yeah, uh-huh. you got to reiterate shit. Uh-huh. Especially if you're in a syndicated show where not everybody might watch it. I know. Right, yeah. right. And,
2: sometimes, you when gotta, you, and sometimes when you when you spun a wheel, you just need to keep... No, if you're thesis <laughs> of the entire
1: show, you got to hammer it home. You got to reiterate your
3: points. right. There's no point in being subtle when you're a syndicated sci-fi show in the '90s.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, Okay. Under that rule, I will. I will let it slide. Under any uh, any under objective rule, I, I, I will say this is wheel spinning.
3: Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's a. I mean, I. They're not going to be subtle, you know. Right. Yeah. No. I know. especially when it comes to the Ferengi. Show. And I'm not going to like it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: That's fair. And then he gives that whole monologue and everything, and then Moogie. Not Andrea Martin is like, look, I know you're, imp- it, this is actually kind of a nice kind of dialogue too. It's like, yeah, all right, you sad sex son of a bitch. I know your problems are important to you. But I don't give a fuck.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how are we going to fix this shit here? You know, and... Uh, yeah, no, I liked and, all this. I liked all that. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I didn't see that the reveal... He said something that is the character arc they've been telegraphing for three seasons, four seasons now. So, I mean, like, I didn't, well, it's it not didn't a, strike me as important. I, well, it didn't strike me as important. But, nonetheless, like, I do like that Moogie still responded that way, that he's not... That it is a legitimate problem for him and his family. Yeah. That they tried to show... That it's not easy to change, you know, I guess. Right. And they could have done it better because it seems like, you know, they do it in this episode, then they do it every now and then when somebody else comes on and sort of mocks him. And so it's more that he's like a he's a joke among his community where they could have used other sort of touch points like they could have used addiction as a touch point. Where you know he's trying to learn a better way, but he's still sort of programmed uh, to to backslide. Or well, like they
1: do it with more than they do it with Rom's character, and they do it with Nog to an extent. So it's not sure.
2: Just... It's never it's never as satisfying as it could be, and, and, it, sure. and it's never as satisfying as it's warranted to be by how much they deal with it. If if you get what I'm saying, like they deal with it a lot. It seems like they since they've taken so many swings. Maybe right. they, well, they <laughs> if do, you're going to swing I, a lot, you got to you got to you got to get on base a lot, you know. I would and ar- so seems- I would
1: argue that you know, and even I Stephen and Bear that, okay. We did. I mean, especially now, I feel like is when we're starting to see Quark Urkel the show. Mm-hmm. Like we we're, we're getting yes. it's like we just got a Ferengi episode two episodes ago. Like mm-hmm. it's starting to get a little bit heavy, you know. <laughs>
2: and it's possible that there was some like. Angry like contract rene- renegotiations. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, that's the thing. So you know, stars of the shows want to you know maximize their storage. Right, right. So I, yeah, I think that I get the arc. Like it's not that like yeah, it's yeah. arcless. It's that it's the execution is it's not. Least it's to it's, be desired. It's basic. It's basic.
3: Oh,
0: it's basic it, as it, yeah, shit.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Basic. So
2: and so yeah. it seems like you got a long th-
3: to go this back. Broke. Uh, television, uh, you know, arc stuff here, yeah. though, James. Yeah. You're, we're not yet in, in, in the classical period <laughs> of sci fi television. Yeah. Well, but
2: your point—that point would be more valid if they weren't doing this better with if they weren't doing this with characters on the show currently. Well, Cisco's relationship with the Bajoran people is like a very complex give and take.
1: I just think it's mixed. I mean, I'm not gonna say they couldn't have done it better. Nog's story yeah, arc Nog is, is probably Nog has the best arc of all the Fraggies, I think. I'm, I'm, oh, of course. Yeah, I feel yeah. could secure saying that. But yeah, sure.
2: and even Rom, to some extent, has a little bit more of a complex sort of negotiation with it. <laughs> not necessarily episode (laughs) i just feel like that it is a thing where no one cares about nog because nobody's watching the show for nog so they can do whatever they want to with nog they have to keep quark doing quark shit and making everybody happy that way but now it's yeah it's um at this point it's unsatisfying and it is wheel spinny and it wouldn't be okay it would be fine but it does feel like that they've just paused the much better and i've i've said this on the I said this on the Discord, but it's clearly there's this gap in shows in the 90s and early 2000s back because of the way Nielsen ratings used to work. So they would do these sweep sweep-sweeks, which, right, like, right. it's so ridiculous and archaic, and I don't know how, many, how young people listen to us. But to do ratings, they used to, like, you used to have to fill out a little journal. Like, if you were the 3,000 families that were chosen to be a Nielsen family, you'd have to fill out a little journal and then mail that into the Nielsen people. And sweeps, they tried to, like, the times that the journals had to be entered into the mail is when TV shows tried to make their biggest, awesomest shows. And so that probably, I don't know if are certain, but I'm going to assume that that's near where they where we had that triptych of amazing episodes. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: you, you can plot shows, like, quality-wise. Like, they it, start strong, they hit sweeps
2: strong, yes. and then they end strong. And then the ending, between the ending of last sweeps to the finales are like this, there's this lull, and that's what we're in. And they don't want to spend a lot of time in that lull. Right. And they, they want to put all of their, th- their work in on sweeps in the finale. And when you're watching this and doing a podcast about it and thinking about it, and then it is... it is um, Yeah, you can track it. The yeah. flaws of, of this model yeah. uh, show themselves very clearly because they literally just put the much more interesting show we were watching four weeks ago, they just put it on pause. To do frog jokes for weeks. Sure. (laughs) But at the same time, people, they they did focus groups. This is
1: also a calculated people love Ferengis. And then they they got enough. And it's not internet. It's not as quick response Mm. to this shit. So they're like, oh, people love this? Well, we'll do... We'll do eight episodes of this shit and then people are like, Oh my god.
2: Well that focus group thing that you're referring to is specifically from season one.
1: Well, that one that I'm talking about.
2: And where Quark where where Quark wasn't stale at that point.
1: Right, yeah.
2: I mean, the season one thing that that
1: was on the Twitter and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, they've done some since then. I think. Yeah, I'm sure Quark is popular. Don't get me they're wrong. They're still responding that people was a popular character. But yeah. I don't. I don't think this episode was popular. Oh, I don't think so either. But they didn't know. They, they didn't know until they made it. You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just think that that that's what I mean. I feel like that we we got teed up. We got teased. Yeah. We got. We got. We. So now we've got like. Uh, we get we,
1: some. We, interesting thing for me about the if i'm trying to explore what the ferengi society is about because they're like well we can't let brunt be the Negus because mm-hmm. a nagus has to be better your personal greed has to reflect the public's greed that's why brunt would be a bad pope <laughs> like, and that <laughs> like, doesn't do? that
2: doesn't pass muster right anymore does it guys <laughs> well
3: i think the, what what's great about that line is that it's something that's dressed up it's it's whiz it's nonsense dressed up as wisdom right so well, it, it-, it, it so that's what satire is basically you
1: compare pope benedict to pope francis and i think like you could have a correlation there yeah. it like, would be a Benedict, kind of regressive, you know, Nazi, uh, and Francis is a more like a nice well, but guy. I mean, I think like the you
2: know that wasn't it's the a, parallel. It's a loose I was,
1: analogy. It's not want that, that wasn't
2: on. the parallel that I was looking for when we were talking about pursuing personal greed over national greed. <laughs> <laughs> but um,
1: yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'd say my metaphor is flimsy. Sure. Yeah. Well, I was just saying there's a there's a
2: metaphor that comes quicker to the mind. Uh currently. But yeah, um, oh, yeah, that seems to not not follow that track that that stand. <laughs> this is where I think that my long standing critique on the show rears its head again, which is that Iris Steven Bear's critique of capitalism through the Ferengi people is not as fertile as it could be. Sure. And that's because there's not a dynamic nature of like capitalism is a pretty basic villain, but it, it does have nuance to its villainy. And I don't think that it shows a lot of that in these sort of things. So, if
1: Oh, if you're looking for like, uh, I, I think we got about as Marxist as we're going to get with that, um, union
2: episode. No, or not just Marxist, but if you're looking for a subtle of an interesting and thoroughgoingly satisfying critique of capitalism, which is what Iris Stephen Bear is trying to do by these episodes over and over and over again. And he wrote a book about it. And so, I mean, like he's, He's trying to express that. Um, yeah, with cartoons for children. Yeah, I just, <laughs> like, he's constantly picking the wrong tools to do that with, I think. Right. His world isn't big enough. The world that he's built for the Fergies isn't big enough to hold all of the lampooning that he wants to do with that. So it just kind of becomes the same joke over and over and over again. Yeah,
1: it's definitely recursive and kind of reiter. Yeah, it's not. Yeah,
2: these aren't the best episodes of DS Nine. Really, <laughs> <Nope. admit. laughs> yeah, uh, but they could be. They could be more satisfying. I, I, I feel right. like. Right.
1: Well, this one, especially at this point where I was breaking it down, it kind of does a weird jump, just like story wise for this episode. I feel like there's a whole thing that they cut out. Like,
3: are you talking about the climax of the episode? Yeah. Yes we got cheated is what you were saying they cheated they didn't have an actual way to for the Negus' ass to get saved right. so they just say, they just explained it away in a scene like oh you were awesome in there you
1: were great yeah. what, what are we going to do oh my god <laughs> and then they cut to like oh you were so great in there and like uh it's, did i miss something oh i when you said the brain the brain we're going to let us the Fringy gaming commission take over there the Boleans were gonna do a thing, and it was great. And and I thought Brent's head was gonna explode. And oh yeah, they really underestimated me. And then there was ne- There wasn't even a techno babble explanation of like him knowing the answers into his ear or anything. Because I thought went- they just hit the books. I thought they just like. They just practiced. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know what it was. They just, they <laughs> jumped to like, okay, that was great. You were awesome.
2: Or like For- Sarah Palin. He wrote the, the little answers on his hand.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like,
2: oh, blam.
0: <laughs>
3: He underestimated me. Oh,
2: oh, which, which, which you thought was a cheap oversight. I thought was another homage to Reservoir Dogs. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But like, where they don't show the the heist, right? (laughs) You show before the heist and after the heist, but you don't show the heist. But it was
1: still kind of confusing. Like, did Court give him the like, or did Moogie like? because he was like oh maybe he got them back together with Moogie. he's like well no that's not what happened well it is well, it, it is what happened but he didn't know that well, it's it's not exactly <laughs> that's, though that's
3: the thing that's about that's the thing about pulp fiction though is that i feel like some people came away from seeing that and they like i heard Steve saw that and he was like i could just leave out whole scenes and get away with it <laughs> yeah, yeah. i could just these. Do whatever I want. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the
1: solution is not necessarily... I don't know. It might have been Moogie involved. No, he
3: said. He said all of
2: those answers that I gave you. Those were all Moogie's answers. Uh, yeah,
1: he he convinces them. First to go to the Vulcans for uh, genitive nerve thing. He's like, oh, well, you know, the Vulcans are very successful. He's like, yeah, I know that my brain's fucked up, and he's like, uh, <laughs> like the Vulcans are very good at treating uh, memory loss, and he's like, I never liked them. They they never appreciate profit, but they're good doctors. Yeah, and then he's like, "You right, wrong," and like, uh, "I may have lost my memory, but I never lost my sense of humor."
2: I bet Ferengis would get duped by that Ted Williams freeze your head bullshit. <laughs> oh, totally. They should have been an episode about how they're all saving up money to like get to, to, to keep their heads frozen until they can live forever. Right. Yeah. But anyway, okay, yeah. But then
1: he's like, "You're still my first clerk," and then he's like, "I can't be that anymore." And he's like, "Your modesty is very annoying." But anyway, yeah, he does say all my advice came from Moogie. Let me bring her in or in a Yoda cloak or whatever. But we don't know that she wasn't whispering in her. We don't know the mechanism for how he got out of the jam.
2: I thought Still, they, he just like they like, I guess, like skipping over that. They also skipped over the you're the best around montage where like they were they were hitting the books.
0: <laughs> and Quark was pointing right, to a right. whiteboard
2: With a bunch of like Bullshit written on it <laughs>
1: Yeah I mean that I guess that's what it was But at the same time His whole problem is that He can't remember things So how did he teach him All the right answers
2: like demonic like devices yeah, I don't, like dumb. you're right I don't know they, we're all right because they chose not to show that <laughs> exactly yeah it raised questions for me
1: that's all I wanted
2: but me. it was I thought it was you know it was cheating because it was a syndicated television show you're supposed to think too hard least. no they just went like just Fair. fuck it whatever they just oh yeah they studied him up and he did a good job uh, but yeah yeah. They. Did. you know like when Trump uh, when Trump did his first state of the union and everybody's like this is going to be a horror show <laughs> right. and then he showed a modic, like a bare minimum of like human consciousness. He could read a
1: teleprompter.
2: Yeah, and then it was like amazing and so then everybody was like, tonight he became a president. (laughs) And and so I think that that's what everybody was like. That lasted about a day. I know, I know, (laughs) everything lasts for a day. But I think that they came out of there and the Ferengi Van Jones went on Ferengi CNN and said, Today, Wallace Sean's character became president it became negative. <laughs> right. And then he and then that's when he said that all of those answers that I was force feeding you Came was, from her, yeah. yeah. So and
1: then she comes on and is like, I believe in female liberation. And he's like, Whoa, but but I love you. <laughs> and he's like, What man could resist an offer like that? And then and they don't do a full jack-off of the year. She does a quick, playful, like poke of his dick <laughs> he just grabs a lobe real thick, fast because you know you know for kids yes yeah and then he's leaving his room well i brought you these cork and my marauder Mu action figures they're worth so much money
2: and well they'd be
1: worth more if you left them in the package oh uh, yeah that was a it yeah. was
2: an instant joke apparently iris Stephen bear is a toy collector <laughs> Of course, he is. And doesn't open the packages. Oh, okay. Uh, of cor- and so no, of he's course an it. action figure pack collector who doesn't open packages. And uh, <sighs> that was an inside so joke. He's, just, to him. he's
1: one of the smart ones, right? That's what, what yeah. you're, not supposed to, you're not supposed to enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> then Brunt comes back into his closet and he's like, You're not going to go against the Negus because he'd destroy you. And it's like, I hate losing. Yeah, I was like, uh, Are you going to take my bi- business license away again? It's like, No, because. We went through all this trouble to give it back because taking it away was a dumbass thing for the season and it didn't make any sense. So mm. <laughs> it made stories harder to write. So we're just going to set you back to the status quo.
2: Or they could have just ignored it and nobody would have gave a fucking shit. <laughs> right, right. It was like, uh, like, who cares? I don't know. Uh, Do we really know how Quark files his invoices? Right. I mean, I don't
1: know. Like, they were probably getting a lot of letters on the uh, <laughs> message boards. Yeah.
2: <laughs> This is a dang plot hole,
1: plot hole, <laughs> right? Right, as much as I've noticed it's inconsistent, I bet the nerds back then, or yeah, plot hole, yeah. Quark tells Brunt to go back into the closet where you belong, uh, yes, make of that what you will. People that read things into things,
2: um, oh, were they going for the uh X Men 2? Uh, using uh, his change as a that they've turned him. That the Federation's turned him gay. No, is no, that he, the, tells, is that- he tells. Brunt to go oh. back into the closet. Oh yeah, you're clearly. You're a... right. That is weird wording. Yeah, it's weird. It doesn't. Yeah, that
3: that that was some tone deaf horrible
2: shit right there. Because I can't believe they meant anything by it, right? No, I don't think so either. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, they should have because that was po- Like I, I was alive in 1997, and I, that was a very common refrain. Yeah, 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 for a decade or more by then. So like,
1: yeah, like I mean, unless he's. Like, I
2: guess there's the R. Kelly song that's theoretically not about that either. So, <laughs>
1: oh right, right, yeah. So I mean, they probably just didn't they just didn't think about it too much. And then he's like, pew pew pew, with his action figures, and that's how it ends. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, it's over. Sorry. Oh no, I mean,
2: sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, <laughs> there's not much going on here. Um, nope. Nope. Uh, like, and even like behind the scenes, it was just kind of like you know, there's not a lot going on here. So yeah.
3: Yep again. Uh I'm gonna put this on a zero on my rewatch meter.
2: Do you think this is and I know we haven't watched it yet, but do you think is this so far, is this your least favorite Ferengi centric episode?
3: Oh, most definitely. There's some diminishing returns with this. Do you think that it will stay that way after we watch Profit and Lease? Mm.
1: Prefent Lace is pretty harsh. So. Well,
3: like I said, it's like we're getting into this territory where they've gone to the well one too many times, right? Mm-hmm. And we're getting diminishing returns. So you know, the next one will probably feel worse than this, and <laughs> this one felt worse than the one before, and the one before was sort of fine. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. for for you and me, but not for James, apparently. Uh,
3: yeah, I think that, yeah. But I think I caught up with James's uh, frustration the, on this one. I think
1: this one, I'm like I said, like I think structurally it's fine. And st- but I'm
3: this not- this episode makes me feel like th- that Ira Steven Bear wants to do a different show. Like I feel like whenever he does these Frangie episodes that are nothing like Star Trek and they're like their own thing that he would much rather be doing his own thing.
2: Here's an interesting parallel that is uh, really generous to Ira Stephen Bear. Is Ira Stephen Bear, does he have the same sort of personality as George Lucas? (laughs) Where George Lucas wants to do something that's kind of like fun and and like a touch of his past, but it comes out maybe more serious or or more, more complex than maybe he thought. And so he wants to like do how you go from doing you know, the uh, Empire Strikes Back. The three years later, making Howard the Duck.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna. No,
2: but he's got this sort of dumb whimsy to him, like a, a very, a very immature sense of humor. That like he's always trying to put maybe humor is a humor is like humor is not charisma. You know, like, and I feel like that sometimes people think humor is easier, like. I don't know, like, George Lucas strikes me as a person that's got a very infantile sense of humor. Yeah. Because he's not hes not a very yeah. funny person. I've known people that just don't have sense of humor. They don't un- understand subtlety or dryness or, like, what we would call wit. Like, to them, humor is telling jokes or gags and, like, stuff that's just, you know, to most adults, just not that funny. And so... Like I think that maybe Iris Stephen Bear thinks that and so he wants to be funny, but it's not funny. Who knows, man? I don't
3: know. Where do you guys put this on your rewatch meter? Oh,
2: man, I'm gonna put this
1: one
3: low, too. As low as you've ever gone? I have to put it a click above the last one, though, because I said I like it slightly more. Really? So this is a one for you? There's a circumstance where you might watch this? (laughs) I'm trying to figure out what it is, though.
2: (laughs) I'd
1: put this pretty... I'd put this at a one or two for me like I I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen and I enjoyed it but I would never I don't think
3: I'd go back to this unless you'd never reach for it though is my point no (laughs) is this the the trout mask uh, replica (laughs) yeah
1: Uh, Uh, You know what? Losing Andrea Martin is just like a hard blow for me. I don't think I can go back.
3: All right. Well, what do you guys think the good people of IMDb thought of this? now
1: this
2: is the
3: question. Here we are. It's on.
1: I was going to go 6.8.
3: Oh, that's right where I was.
2: Oh, shit. I'm going to go 6 point. I'm going to go under you because I'm I'm daring like that. I'm going to go
3: 6.5. Okay. (laughs) 6.7.
1: Ah! Yeah, ah! I'm closer. God- you are <laughs> closer. <laughs> closer. I was right. gonna say I was, I was gonna split it with you, but like, no, I'm just a tenth <laughs> off. Yeah. Oh, you did it. Yeah, it's mine. Yeah,
3: it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's let's outro this bitch. Get.
1: <laughs> all right. Yeah, We're... we went. I can't believe we went long. I, okay, this went longer than I thought it would. But uh, all right, all right. Now for voicemails gives me an
3: opportunity to keep my eye on you because one day you are going to make a mistake. And on that day, you're going to lose more than your license. But that day is not today. Now, back in the closet where you belong.
1: Except we don't have time for voicemails. <laughs>
0: it's not over!
3: Right. Why don't we just, like, have like start talking about it for, in five minutes, have a record scratch, and then insert some Donald Glover talk. <laughs> right. All right. Well, uh... Wait. If somebody wants to give us money or give us a call, what should they do?
1: Uh, well, they should definitely give us money. We'll lead with that. No
3: <laughs> But yeah, my checking routing number is zero zero. <laughs> 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 All right. Hey, sorry. Yeah. Hook me up on
1: Venmo. Yeah, <laughs> or PayPal. Venmo's better because you have to pay tax. Anyways, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you at 917-408-3898. Yeah, we definitely want to hear all your voices and opinions about uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine and whatnot. Or if you want to send us a recording without calling, if you want to send us a recording without calling in your international, try sending us a recording at rules of acquisition podcast at gmail.com. Try to keep it under three minutes because that's as long as the voicemail gives you Uh, yeah. And do that. But getting back to the money, you can do that as well. (laughs) If you want to support the show, if you want to support us financially, we want to give you something back as well. So we have a Patreon set up at patreon.com slash kickers of elves. Uh, like they got it by voices song. If singular, uh, I'm just I'm just talking crazy now. Uh,
2: our, t- our upper tier uh, for our upper tier patrons, we will we will send you. Uh, uh, I don't know. Fuck it. I don't know. I don't. Know. I got no jokes. This is fucking. This 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 episode is done.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, thanks again for listening to this episode. Kudos to you for making through <laughs> through it. <Yeah. laughs> uh, and kudos to us for for making it through it as well. Uh, we hope you join us next week. It's gonna get better. Uh, it gets better, guys. Wade, <laughs> Wade, James, and myself, three to be out. It gets better.
0: <laughs> Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their earholes. holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you because one day they hope to sell you blue apron snacks and underwear made out of modal. The number is 917-408-3898 that number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that, again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.